welcome to the Kingdom Apprenticeship podcast and a chance to explore what Jesus meant by the Kingdom of God and how it can change everything for us today. Thank you for joining me again in this fourth episode of the Kingdom Apprenticeship podcast. In the last episode, we looked at the currency of love and how that overcomes the currency in the world systems of fear. I thought this time we'd pursue that idea, uh, not specifically looking at love, but looking at one of the characteristics of people who live in the kingdom that accompany love, and that is humility. In a rather strange example that Jesus gave to his disciples when they were arguing amongst themselves who would be the greatest, Jesus said this, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. The reason this is strange, or certainly was for the disciples, is that children had no status in Jesus' time. They were without power, influence, they had no money. They may have had inheritance, but that was about it, really. And so for Jesus to take a child in his arms and say, you have to be like one of these, would have been a real shock to the disciples. They had in mind that they would have celebrity status when God returned and established his kingdom on earth. They wondered who would sit at his right hand, wielding authority and power. And yet Jesus' response to that was that those who are least in the kingdom of heaven will be the greatest, and the greatest will be least. What a contrast to today's society where if you have enough followers on Instagram, TikTok or Facebook, you gain celebrity status. Not only that, but your views and opinions can influence many, many people, maybe millions of people at a time. Of course, it's not only social media that has influencers, actors, actresses, magazines, all of them have some form of impact on our lives. And in fact, With actors and actresses, very often we see no matter how wacky their ideas are, because of their status of being a celebrity, people listen to what they say and take them very seriously. At a more personal level, I'm sure many of you have heard of air fryers and the rise in popularity of this new kitchen gadget. If you'd never heard anyone speak about it, but you'd just seen it simply in a shop, would you have been tempted to buy one or even think about getting one? Or have people's experiences that they've shared with you, television adverts, magazine articles, social media, TikTok videos, all of those things had a bearing and convinced you that this is something that you're missing out on and you really need in your kitchen. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it just shows you how subtle some of these influences can be and how they affect us and change our viewpoints and change the way we think about things. I do remember when my children were young, we would be sharing family values with them. And very occasionally the reply would come, but my teacher said, and it would be a completely different perspective than we had. That made things very difficult because we couldn't say the teacher was wrong, even though we didn't necessarily agree with them. But it did mean that our children were being taught and convinced about ideas and thoughts and values that weren't shared by the family as a whole. And this is the problem really that when people have power and influence and are perceived to be greater than us, we tend to listen to them and take what they say as being right and true. 
in God's kingdom, this kind of influence and power can become a real problem. Jesus said this in John 8, 28 to 29. He said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. So everything that Jesus said and did to his disciples and to the people that he was ministering to was representing his father. He didn't pass his own opinions. He didn't try to influence people to follow his way of thinking. He taught his father's thoughts. He taught his father's way of life. He didn't get in the way of everything that the father wanted. This is true humility. It shows that Jesus depended on his father for everything. And that's what he requires of us to do as well, to depend on him for everything. It's real arrogance to think that we know better than God. It's arrogant for us to put our own opinions and persuade his children of something other than what he would say to them himself. It's why scripture is so important. It's why it's so important to understand that what Jesus taught us is the way of life. It is what God has told us directly through his son. I think this is where the disciples got it wrong, really, because they were looking at the world system of influence. I'm sure they wanted to see God's reign across the world. They wanted to see oppression, injustice overthrown. But they took on the world's way of doing things, which was to influence power, to exert control. And so when Jesus told them that that wasn't the way, they must have just been so confused in many ways, the same way we would be. Because we look at people today who have power and control. And in many cases, people look up to them and would like to be in their position. But even if they don't look up to them, they still feel the effects of that control. A small number of people influence many, many nations across the world, particularly those social media moguls, companies like Microsoft, and those that manufacture electric cars, such as Elon Musk. But Jesus's way is very different. And what is really interesting, that when Jesus acted like a child, not childish, but childlike, his influence has lasted for well over 2000 years and will continue to last until he returns. Jesus not only demonstrated humility by total obedience to his father and doing everything that his father said, but he also associated himself with people of no status. So he would spend so much of his time amongst the poor, the marginalized, those that have been rejected by society because of disease, disability, because they had no money, he didn't count himself better than any of those. He didn't look to his status as the son of God to give himself position and power. But he served those who had nothing. It's worth remembering that this wasn't simply an act of charity. Jesus didn't feel sorry for people. He saw every person, every human being as children of God. All equal in God's family. All deserving of the same things. But the poor and marginalised were the ones at the bottom end of human society that were missing out on all those blessings that God had given them. So he spent a disproportionate amount of time amongst the poor. And he said this in Mark chapter 2 verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The whole point of his time amongst the poor and the marginalised was to raise them up from that state of being disconnected and bring them into line with everyone else so that everyone could benefit from God's blessing. Everyone could benefit from the things that God had in store for them. A case in point are the two specific stories of resurrection that we hear. The first was the widow of Nain who was carrying her son out on a coffin and Jesus felt compassion for her. The reason he felt compassion for her was that at those times women had no status. The only status women had was because of their father or their husband. Without either of those they had no security, no inheritance, no money, no influence at all in society. So the woman that was classed as the widow of Nain, widow indicating that she had no husband, had now lost her son as well, the provider of the fam for the family. And Jesus' compassion was that this woman would not stand outside of society but be included once again. So he raised her son back to life. He gave her back through her son, her status, her security, the benefits of being part of a family. And the same story uh, really applies to Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were two sisters who lived together. We don't know whether they had been married in the past, but they certainly weren't at the time. And their brother was the one that provided for them. He was the one that gave them status and security, and yet he had died. So Jesus once again restored Martha and Mary back into their social status by raising Lazarus from the dead. And we need to understand that that was what Jesus did with the poor and the marginalised. He restored them to society and restored their families as well. It may not be too obvious what this has got to do with humility. But unless we're humble, unless we're prepared to be obedient to someone who knows more than we do, in this case God, and unless we see ourselves as equal to everyone around us, we won't be able to do the things that Jesus did. We'll look down on people, we'll distance ourselves from them, and we'll sometimes think that we know best. However, one thing humility does not mean is that we are to be doormats, walked on by everybody, used and abused at the will and discretion of other people. In fact, if we look at Jesus's life, we realise that that is exactly what he did not allow to happen to himself. He made the decisions on what he was going to do, where he was going to go, what he spoke. He allowed God to set the timing, but he didn't allow the pressure from the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the Roman authorities to guide what he did and what he didn't do. In fact, even the laws of the Jewish society at the time would have prohibited him spending time with those outside the city walls who had contagious diseases like leprosy, etc. He deliberately flouted those rules so that he could care for people. He challenged the religious leaders at one point who, after he'd healed someone on the Sabbath, who were saying that he was breaking the rules. And he said, but surely if one of you had an ass or a donkey that had fallen down a well, you wouldn't just leave it there on a Sabbath day. You'd rescue it and bring it back. Surely God cares more about people than you do about a donkey or an ass. So once again, we see a choice. Just as the currency of love was a choice that we made to be selfless and to love other people, even against everything that we were facing, Humility is exactly the same. It is a choice to obey God and it is a choice not to put our own opinions and thoughts and preferences forward 
guiding other people in the way that we think they should go and not allowing them to hear what God is saying. Perhaps the best way to conclude this podcast is by reading Matthew 20, verse 20, or starting at verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favour of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I guess it's fairly clear that the disciples really hadn't learnt their lesson about the little child, or at least if they did, they very quickly forgot it. And this time there was some level of manipulation going on because the brothers got their mother to go to Jesus and ask for a favour. But actually when he answered, it was them that answered, oh, we can do it, Lord, we can do it. Jesus summarised what he told them about the little child, which is if you want to be great, you serve and you remain in obedience to my father. We see this idea of serving in the parable of the sheep and the goats, where those that served were humble enough not to recognise that they'd even done anything right. They just thought that they were doing what was normal to them. But that came out of humility because they did not think themselves better than they should be. They didn't place themselves above anybody else, but treated each person fairly. And that's the message that Jesus wants us to hear today. That true humility is obedience to him and his father, and also to serve one another without making ourselves better than anyone else. So I hope as you think about this, that you'll begin to recognise patterns of behaviour in yourself, as I have done in mine. And I hope that we're able to make a choice to be humble, to listen to the call that God has placed upon our lives, to be obedient to that, and to see our brothers and sisters, our neighbour, as important and as valuable as us, to recognise that God loves them exactly the same as he loves us. He has no favourites in his kingdom. So until we meet next time, I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to minister to you and you'll continue to think about the characteristics that make up an apprentice of the kingdom of God. <laughs>